The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. everybody welcome to the jimmy star show with brian russell bringing you the good times in music fashion pop culture and entertainment we got a really fun show for you guys tonight uh, it's going to be a lot of fun We're, I mean, i'm looking very much forward to it before we get started let me introduce my cool outrageous man about town co-host mr ron russell you, you, didn't pay, you didn't pay me so i'm not speaking okay so um so we have a great show for you guys today when i get paid i talk what's up chat you know i haven't gotten paid in 14 years I have never made a salary on this show. I'm on every week for two hours working my little kazooie off, and I don't get paid. You would think this man would have the kindness at least to take me to Starbucks and get me a coffee and a croissant. Oh, I do do that. Come on. When did you ever buy me a coffee and a croissant? All the time. Yeah. Oh, I have to take my glasses off. <laughs> Anyway, what's up, everybody? We really are going to have a lot of fun today. We have two great guests. Uh, Tommy Brunswick is coming back. She was on the show before, and we love her to death. She's fabulous. And then we have we have Australian singer songwriter Luke Harrison coming on. Good looking. He's very young, and he's one of his first singles charted on Billboard and went to number five, I think, on iTunes charts in three countries. And and so we're going to have him coming on. It should be a lot of fun. Chat room, what's up? Let's say hi to the chat room. We have Sylvia Polite in the chat room. B. Claudia is in the chat room. Hub Reynolds. Hey, Hub. Hey, Hub. Hey, B. Um, hey, Sylvia. And more people will be coming because we just got started. But we want to welcome all of them and hope everybody's having a great December. We're going to set a Christmas tree up later today. So I have both my daughters living with me right now because Deirdre, my uh, youngest daughter, is moving back to Pennsylvania. So uh, she's leaving Right after Christmas, she's driving out, and she'll be living in Pennsylvania. And I go through empty nest again. You know, they keep coming and going. They're going to kill me with this empty nest. And my daughter Leslie is here until she finds a place on Long Island. But it's nice now for Christmas having both daughters here. Uh, destroying my house, I like it. No, they're not really destroying my house. <laughs> and we have, we have Shazam back with us, you guys are. The our killer dog. Our killer dog oh. is sleeping right next to me. He's just a little angel. Right. And, uh, and I, I wanted to say that my daughter's brought Ikea coffee, which I love. And uh, it repeats on me. What does that mean when coffee repeats on you? Too acidic, right? Or so, Anybody out there know why? What do you but mean it repeats on you? Like I, I, I want to vomit. Okay. Like I burp and it comes up. That's called repeating. 
And you graduated six in your class? That's not It's called Re like acid reflux or something. Regurgitation. Acid reflux. Watch. Kiss me and watch me vomit. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> why? I say to myself, why? I was very happy living in Boca Raton in a beautiful house by myself. I came and I went when I wanted. Where I put it, I found it. Nobody told me get up, walk, change, shower, shave, do, da-da-da-da-da. I had such a wonderful life. And then I was walking in the mall innocently, and this crazy guy comes up to me, dressed like a fool, a rocker with earrings and holes in his clothes. It was like a bump. And picked me up. And here I am. And it's been bliss ever since. With this man, who was a mall pickup. <laughs> In Boca. Just a at, least mall. I went, at least I went to a good mall. What? At least I went to a good mall. Yeah, the <laughs> town center. So you're happy you picked me up? Absolutely, I'm happy I picked you up. Yeah, I'm, happy, I'm, I'm happy it's Christmas. I'm happy your daughters are staying with us. I'm happy that the dogs are all together. Uh, I wrote about it on Facebook. I said, you know, it's so sad that we don't appreciate the moment we're in. And years from now, we look back and say, gee, why didn't I, uh, especially when you have parents that you lose, you don't, you don't, you take it for granted when you're with the people you love. And then when they're gone, you say, oh my God, why didn't I do more or hug more or kiss more? So you know what? Hug more, kiss more now that we're together. Absolutely. And we want to say hi to Lady Lake Music who just joined Lady us. Lake Music. Hey, hello, Cindy. Just Cindy joined us, so hello, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Um, Cindy, Cindy the chat room is starting to boom. Uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Actually, we're—I uh, uh, think we're like number. We went down to twenty-five on iTunes, you guys, and I think we're like in the top twenty. Is that good? Yeah, it's still good. Yeah, I mean, twenty-five is good. Yeah, is that better than yesterday? No, we were twenty-one. That's oh, we went, we went up. We went down. I never understand that story. The lower the number, the better. You want oh. to be number one. I am number one. Well, anyway, you guys, we're also charting in, in, in like five other countries, and, and I think we're in the top. I always knew we had a lot of people in the U.K., so what's up, everybody in the U.K.? Um, thanks so Hello much for everybody tuning in to the show. And I think we're like top 20 in the U.K. I um, will be going to the U.K. as soon as we have time because I'm on a mission. I'm going to visit with my friend, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Derek. Oh, yes, Derek. My friend Derek, who I love, and I'm going to get Derek to go with me to find Michelle Duckery. And I'm going to go personally knock on Michelle's door and say, darling, I adore you. I love your work. And you must come on our show. So your favorite photographer is in the chat room. Say hi. Who? You don't know who your favorite photographer is? My favorite photographer? Uh-huh. Billy uh, Hess? Yep. Oh, that trip. <laughs> <laughs> Slut, where are you? Do you miss me? Do you love me still? I love Mark. Mark is really nice. <laughs> but that Billy Hess, he can be a little hairy and a little wicked, but I love him. You know, Billy, I haven't laughed since you left California. I mean, when you and Eileen and Mark and I are together with Jimmy, I just cry all night long from laughter. What is it about us? We have magic. We have no, really, we have magic. When we're together, we have magic. I don't know. We all crack each other up. I miss you, Billy. 
but we'll see you soon. We're coming into the, in the spring. We're coming into New York to look for our house in East Hampton. East Hampton? Southampton. Southampton. Uh, one of the Hamptons. The first one you come to when you leave New York. But please send our best to little Billy and to yeah. uh, everybody uh, and to Mark and everybody yeah. and your daughter and your grandbaby. And when, and when you see Eileen, pinch your nipples for me. There you go. Um, all right, real quick, you guys, you can listen to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. First of all, I want to thank everybody for listening to us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Please continue to do so because we are um, going up in the rankings all the time and we want to stay up there because uh, that's where we want to be. Um, so you can also hear us on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, uh, like I said, Apple Podcasts and iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Prime. There's a bunch of other ones, but those are the biggest ones. And um, so it's and a lot I of fun. Think Jimmy, before I came on the show, had one affiliate. He was one little show that nobody liked. And I came on the show and suddenly, look, we're all over the fucking place. That's Isn't not that actually wonderful? true. We were on those platforms before. You were too. not on these these affiliates. We're not. Well, sure. When I came on the show, you were on W4CY. Period. That's not true. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Jimmy, you lie a lot. No way. No, you're full of shit. No, no, no. We were on all of them. We've been on SoundCloud. You were not. You were not. You're such a liar. You were not. I mean, we were on SoundCloud, iTunes, not they Spotify. They weren't even invented Yes, they were. We were on all of them. We've been don't, on all of them. Don't, everybody, all you have to do is go on iTunes and you can actually see. Everyone out there. 500 shows on iTunes. Everyone out there. He's old. Yes, he's old. Senile. Anyway, we're going to so take. don't believe him. We're going to take a. Uh, he came on the show. He had like three people listening. You didn't even watch it. 1.4 million. Oh, you're so full of crap. That's Dean. He'll tell you. Dean will tell you. He Dean, Dean told me. He no, said, before you came yeah. on the show, the ratings were zero. That's why they gave me a two-hour show from a one-hour show because so many people were tuned in. And no, because they knew that I was coming on. on. <laughs> no. Anyway, he is a great addition to the show, you guys. He has made it go I appreciate up. Unpaid. He never pays me. I don't make a fucking nickel on the show. Nothing. But, but you have notoriety that you would never have. Who gives a shit about notoriety? Yeah. That doesn't pay my bill. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to take a quick music break real quick, you guys. We're going to play uh, Desmond Child, I Don't Want to Be Your Friend, because I love Desmond Child. And as soon as we come back in like three minutes, we're going to be on with our first guest, Tommy Brunswick. Desmond Brunswick. Child really is a super, super talented guy. You know, not too many people impress me, but his work impresses me. So here he is, you guys, Desmond mm -hmm. Child, I Don't Want to Be Your Friend. Enjoy. Yeah. I'm not only you, 
child i wanted to play that song because i wanted to play it when he was on but we didn't have enough time and and desmond child is one of our better shows i think it's got 17 million plays um so so we wanted to play it just and, I'm a and big since, fan. since we mentioned billy hess uh i'd like all of you on the east coast to know if you're not that attractive and you need headshots or pictures 
have Billy photograph you. Billy does magic with his camera. He makes unattractive people beautiful. I, I've said to him, I don't know what you do, but I've seen your work and it's fabulous work. When I get to the East Coast, Billy's gonna shoot some headshots of me and then I'll post them and you'll see what he does with it. He makes me look young and handsome. You already are young and handsome. Oh, thank you, dear. All right, so we're gonna bring on our next, our first guest. Come on, let's bring her in. Hey, ho, say something. Let's make sure we can hear you. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, producer, director, convention owner, basically jack of all trades in the world of horror. And horror, the founder, horror. horror. She's not a whore. And, and the founder of Nightmare Events. Tommy Brunswick, hello, and welcome to the show. Yay. Hello. How are you guys? Good. Good. How are you? How's your pussy? Oh, it's it's good. Not been used lately, but it's good. He's <laughs> talking about the three cats. <laughs> right, you got it. You know it. Tommy, what a dirty mind. <laughs> I know, right? Are you doing your windows like that? Oh, never. Yeah. <laughs> if you were weren't doing it in innuendos, you would have said, "How's your pussies?" Ha 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 ha. Thank you very much. <laughs> I sometimes have problems with plurals and uh, singulars. Got it. <laughs> are, you, are you ready to be tortured for another hour, 40 minutes of I, torture? I am. I'm ready for it. What's going on in the love life? Oh, I don't have a love life. My love life is with my career and my kids. So <laughs> we, had, we had a guest on last week, a beautiful girl, actress. And I said to her, I say you might know her because yes. she was in, did a movie with Eileen Deese, which I, she's the star, and Eileen's the, the co-star. Um, Night of the Caregiver, Denise, oh. Natalie Denise Spurl. I couldn't think of her name. Anyway, yeah. she was on last week. And I said to her, so how's your love life? Any guys in your love life? She said, no, I'm done with men. She said, I have my vibrator and a bottle of wine, and I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Smart, yes. I have my vibrator and my cannabis, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so poor men. Men are really getting dumped on lately. What do you think about that? I, uh, I, I don't know. There's a lot of really good ones, but the one that I thought was a good one was not. So yeah. I put 23 years into one, and I figured I'm not going to do that. Uh, you do 23 years to realize? I was married for 23 years, yeah. And you got a dud? And, well, yeah, I didn't know he was cheating. He likes the younger girls, so I was out. Was always a dog, uh, right? You know why? Later. You know why? He First of all, you look. No, no, no. You know why he went for younger girls? Not your fault. His dick wasn't working anymore. Exactly. And you think that the young girl gets their dicks going? So don't ever feel it's your fault. It's yeah. not your fault. It's his fault because That's his Peter. His Peter. It's Peter Petered out. He's a dick with a with the, No, with I know. Dick. No, I I have a lot. If he's listening, hey, there you go, Dick. I, I have a lot. I have a lot of. I have a lot of male friends that tell me men six sixty years old. They said they jerk off a lot to pictures of these young, like sexy girls, and they're hard. But when it comes to their wife or girlfriends, they're not. And I said, that's because you're not kissing anymore. That's because you're not romancing anymore. If you fondle and play and do foreplay, you should be erect. Or fantasize that the girl, your, your wife is that girl, you, you know, whatever. 
or go get an erectile implant. No, get an implant. <laughs> or use the Viagra stuff. But definitely don't abandon your wife of 28 years to a piece of ass that's going to dump you in a minute. Yeah, well, that's all right. I'm 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 very driven, so that could have been part of it, too. I Maybe mean, that's what made you know, go through all these new Tommy, things, though, Tommy, while you're taking Tommy, over the world. Tommy, Tommy, if you put yourself out there, I don't think it would be uh, too long before somebody could do it. Yeah, but... You're pretty, you're beautiful, actually. You're a lovely personality. And the more we know you, the more beautiful you become. Well, thank you. Oh, I don't lie, honey. If I, if I didn't fuck care for you, I'd say, oh, you look nice. Pink hair. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So so first of all, so you guys, um, Tommy does so many cool things, but one of the things now is that she she does a bunch of great conventions, and she's got Motor City Nightmares, which is, where's Motor City? Detroit or something? Where's Detroit. Motor Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. And she's got some other conventions, so she had to come up with a new name for a company, and that's why... She has nightmare events because that's the new name of your company, right? Exactly. Yep. Because I'm 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 branching out to different cities because I have a one in Denver and then I have two one-off shows that I'm actually doing here in uh, Burbank in 2025. So one is for V Neal, the three-time Academy Award-winning special effects lady. She was on Face Off, and the other one is I haven't told anyone. This is the first time everyone is going to hear it. Is I'm doing 45 years of Friday the 13th. Oh, that's awesome! Is it really yeah. 45 years? In 2025, it'll be 45 years. So we've had. <laughs> we've actually had every. I think almost every person who's ever played Jason on the show over yeah. the years. I think we and I have a six foot six foot Jason that you plug in. It goes. <laughs> Machete and stuff yeah. like that. I love those animatronics. I, I have a bunch. A lot of times I walk by it, it automatically went on and it hit me. And I also see because you are, you. I see a lot of pictures with you with John Cunningham, who's also been on the show many years Ooh. ago, who's the founder. Yeah. John Cunningham is the founder of the whole franchise of Friday the 13th. You know what? We know what we're talking about, but some of our guests watching don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Now, um, you create a like a Comic Con. Okay. I, yeah. What she does is she finds an arena and then she invites celebrities in to do signings, book signings, and picture signings. And vendors. That's what she does. Do you also and do vendors, film festivals? Yeah. Do you also do film festivals with it? Film festivals at the same time, yep. And so, if you want to buy things of the star, like say a, a, a statue of me, but you know what I mean. Seriously, yeah. you can buy anything you want. It's a co comic. Con. So who are yeah. some of the cool people that you had last year at Motor City Nightmares that everybody will know? Oh, I had, um, well, it was my 15-year anniversary, so I had a whole bunch of people. Um, Bruce Campbell was probably the headliner. And then uh, Ted Raimi, uh, Robert Kurtzman came in. And the um, Ash versus Evil Dead actors, Dana and Ray, came in. And then I had, um, who else was there? There was a whole bunch. Sean Cunningham was there with Kane Hodder and... I love Kane Hodder. I actually like love Kane Hodder. I yeah. uh, known him for. He's one of the celebrities who I met at my my second convention I ever went to. I think yeah. was Kane Hodder. Actually, um, he's the coolest guy ever, uh, yeah. and he's, he's everyone's favorite Jason. He's everybody's favorite. Everyone's Jason. favorite yeah. Jason. Well, so. I have everything like Kane Hodder, and so I think he's awesome. And Friday is Friday the Thirteenth like your favorite franchise? Um, I can't say that. For sure, but I'm very close with Sean, and I love 
I love the whole um, business part of it, especially the sequels and everything that came of it. And I started making movies because I read this book called Filmmakers from the Fringe by Maitland McDonough. And in there, she she states all of the, you know, uh, Wes Craven and uh, Sam Raimi, all the horror people that got started like small. And Sean Cunningham's um, actually like his, how he got started is what I modeled after because he, he definitely, um, you know, the, the story in the book is a little different than the real story that he told me. <laughs> of course. But it's good because he, he was trying to sell after um, the the movie he did with Wes Craven, the um, what, Last House on the Left. Great. After that movie, he went and he was he wanted to do like um, family movies, soccer movies, you know, all these things. He was trying to sell it. Nobody wanted it. So he he was his office next to him was a graphic designer that he said, oh, how about like Friday the 13th? Something scary with that. So he just did a design with Friday the 13th coming through broken glass. That's all he had. And he went into an executive and they bought it. So I wish you could do that now. Nowadays, you can't really do that. Like, okay. I, want, I was at AFM this year. I saw it post on Facebook. So how'd it go? It was, well, I didn't like the venue. I, I, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to go back. But the market was so good. Everyone was selling. Everyone was listening to pitches. So oh, it, wow. it was because of the strikes everyone needed content so everything was bought up so the the first the number one thing selling was horror of course but nobody likes to talk about that then horror comedy and then action other than that it was downhill so okay. let's let's review you okay you meet a guy you get married and what are you housewife or career girl um well i was always my mom was always like, you can't stay home. You got to work. So I always started businesses at home. I mean, to the point of where I had an eBay store that took care of us for two years where I just made buttons and button jewelry. And it like paid for all of our bills. But I always made, we were always making movies. We were always doing stuff. So I've done like 13 movies. And then so wait, started you the convention. Writer, writer. Wait, I have to make it. We have simple people watching. A lot of people are old. They don't get it. We have to remember, we have to satisfy all our audiences, seriously. I bring, I bring in the elderly. So we have a tremendous uh, 65 and over pop, uh, viewership. Okay. And I have to make it easy for them because they don't get it right away. So now you, you, you made a fortune doing buttons and now you decide to do what after buttons? Uh, well, I just that was just to keep us going because we were always writing and getting ready to make movies. So we started making these movies after we already had three of our kids. So we're like, okay, we're gonna make movies. Cause I tried doing the housewife thing and I tried, you know, selling like, not like Tupperware, but like Tupperware like companies. And I could never, I always, I could never keep up with the Joneses because I'm just too odd. So, <laughs> so that's when I said, all right, we're gonna, I read the, read that book cause it was a gift from, from my husband to me, that book was for a birthday. And I said, we're just gonna make a fucking movie. I said, the first, first title that sticks with everyone we're going to go with. So the first title, we wrote all these things down, Biker Zombies from Detroit. Biker Zombies from Detroit. Yeah. Uh, that movie, I don't think I've ever seen it. No, it's not. None of my movies are top tier. <laughs> but when it came out at the video store, because that's how old it is, it was right next to Black Hawk Down. So. 
Oh, the title sounds familiar. I've seen that title somewhere. Yeah, because it, it, because it's one of those titles that you know. That's why we picked it. You so like zombie know? movies though, because you've done lots of zombies. Zombies of Carnage, Cannibals of Carnage. You've done a lot of zombie shit. I do. Well, zombies because they're easier and cheaper to make, and I'm not a slasher person as much. I like creatures. So, but I have created a bunch of different creatures too. So. Okay, so now you decide to do conventions. What made you think take that on? That's a big underdo. I love that one. That's my because favorite. Because we wanted, I I was selling our movies all over, but we wanted a local um, people to see the movies. So I knew that their seat, their asses would be in the seats at my show if I brought everything together like that. Because I'd have premieres and special shows, things like that. I couldn't get the crowd in. But when I would bring in a whole bunch of celebrities and vendors, they have to sit and watch my movies. So in between all of the film festival things, I'd show my movies. It's easy to get the celebrities, but it's hard to get the vendors, right? Once they start making money from you, because a a lot of the the very beginning, I set up and I would vendor myself. I would have just buy stuff to sell. But then they just started coming. But I I started going to Cinema Wasteland in Ohio. And I love their the way they did things. So I kind of modeled the show after them just to start because it's a it's a good small show. It's really strong. So that's what I wanted to start with. And then it just kind of blew up after a while. Okay, so, so what's next? Next is um I am doing a bunch of different things. I'm shooting a movie this weekend with Vince Lozano and um Augie Duke. I don't know, you guys might know Augie. It's just it's just a fun little short movie that my friend brought me on because he knew that I have some time in between my shows. So I said, all right, I can do it if I can finish it before Christmas. So <laughs> we start this weekend. We'll be shooting this this um, during almost almost up to Christmas. Have you so, ever been to Spooky Empire in Fort Lauderdale? I mean, in, uh, uh, in I, know, I know them well because I know one of the guys that he passed recently. He used to get a lot of guests for me. His name was Matt. But I know um, that it's a, one of the best shows in the country. That's like, how I actually built my whole horror everything. Um, I yeah. met everybody at Spooky Empire. I lived in Florida. Um, it's a fabulous show. That's how I got all the huge guests coming on this show when we first started it. People couldn't believe we had these huge, like Lance Henriksen and Malcolm McDowell stuff. That's how I got them. Um, yeah. And that's how I used, because I was a celebrity clothing designer and I would give them clothes and then we would become friends. Oh. And that's how that's how this show basically like started, uh, was getting really big people by going to Spooky Empire. And I was really good friends with them for a long time. And then somebody approached me to do a horror convention on a cruise. And, um, and, and so we were putting it all together and it kind of like, didn't didn't work out. Uh, it didn't work out, and and everybody was got mad at me because I knew how much. First of all, Spooky Empire. Even though we were going to go from Tampa, which is nowhere near Orlando, he thought I was trying to compete with him, even though it was different. So he got mad at me, and then yeah. the, Spooky. She knows Petey from yeah, Spooky audience. Empire. Audience and, uh, and then I and then I um, a lot of the agents who represent the talent got mad at me because I knew how much and now I knew how much all their people made. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were all my friends, and I, they would have told me anyway. Well, I don't. I think they would still be my friends if I saw them now, because it's been twelve years or something. Yeah, they would be, because yeah, those things with when it comes to conventions, a lot of the promoters are very sensitive, sensitive yeah. men. Sorry, 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're one of the only female owners. Of I had a company though for a couple of years called Arcadium Entertainment, and we used to book people into the conventions. We had Chris Saran, and we had a bunch of really cool people. Yeah. Uh, but it's just too competitive because, like, I don't want to go every weekend, you know, with with yeah. the people. If you don't, all the other agents steal your clients, you know, and it yeah. just got too much. And I was just like, you don't make enough money to do it, so so right. I, you know, I stopped. But but it's still a lot of fun. We like it. Ron and I, when we were in Pennsylvania, went to a couple of cool conventions. Um, did you go to LA Comic Con then this past weekend? I did not. I was going to, but I'm prepping for this movie, so I couldn't. But okay. but I'm ready to go to all of these other shows coming up because I have flyers for all all of my upcoming ones here. Because I never thought I'd do a convention in LA because it's so competitive. But these two people, V. Neal and Sean Cunningham, are I am I just love them both so much. And I really would love to share them with the world because I know a lot of people know who they are, but to help brand them. And then, you know, V, she's just a legend and Sean, his legacy is amazing. So I lives in a really cool house. Like back in the day, people used to always yeah. talk about the house that he lives in. He's very nice. I actually was yeah. on a meeting with him a couple of weeks ago. And um, well, we were at a convention in Jer New Jersey and Bobby Benton was there. And I know Bobby. Well, Barbie. Barbie. It's what I said. Barbie Ben. Okay. Barbie Ben. But what did I say? Bobby. Bobby. Oh, Barbie. Barbie. Yeah. You know who Barbie Benton is? Mm -hmm. You might not be old enough. Yeah. Okay. And I know. Oh, I'm old. I'm old enough. <laughs> I am definitely old enough. I'm probably <laughs> older than you, Jimmy. <laughs> no, I'm gonna be 60 next year. I'm okay, old. I'm 53. So. Okay. <laughs> yes, you can finish your story. And I know Bobby for over 20 something years. And I said to Jimmy, Oh, Bobby's gonna be there. I bet you she's gonna have nobody. Nobody really knows her. What does Shiver do? Guess what? The line was out the door, around the block, and up at the moon. I walked over to her, and I, of course, I skipped the line and went directly to her. And she sat on my lap, and I said, what the fuck are you doing? Look at the people. She said, shut up, they're paying. <laughs> I said, Bobby, I can't believe it. She said, Playboy did it. Yeah. And that was it. Bobby Benton is still the hottest number around. And I yeah. love her. She's a sweetheart of a girl. She's yeah. really did you know her? Um, I don't know her, but I know about of her. Very sweet. Who have been like this some past, of the biggest this past year at conventions? I've been uh doing stuff with Eileen Dietz. Yes. And her this year is blowing up for her. Not I think it's also because of the 50 years of exorcist, but I just think it's just like it's turned definitely because her agent helped everybody know what she actually did in the movie Exorcist. So right. that was very big because nobody knew it was like a big dirty little secret that she did all that stuff. But now everybody knows. So it it just it just depends on how you brand and market people. It really Chris hi Chris Rowe. We're friends with him too. Oh, yeah. Eileen is, is working a lot. Yeah, she works a lot. Yeah. Her and I are really good friends. In fact she's the one that introduced me to Sean Cunningham. Oh, that's cool. You have yeah. to stay in the limelight, otherwise it's not good. Actually, so I have a question for you. So okay. you went to Chris Rose's party, and I saw yeah. all your pictures, and you met with the girl. Who's the lady you love so much with the blonde hair? Which um, a lot of them. No, no, the, she has the comedian show where she's the comedian in oh, LA. Jean Smart. Jean Smart was there. Yeah. I love Jean Smart. Oh my gosh, she is fabulous. She's the nicest lady too. She's no, you know, she she was just so kind, so nice, and beautiful. She's really tall. Such a good actress. She's a good actress. 
everything. She's wonderful. I thought they yeah. should. And I think she's gay. Is she a gay woman? I don't know. I'm not sure. No, she was she was gay. there with Kathleen Kinmont, but I know that they're just really good friends, so I have no idea. We met Kathy Kinmont at a, at a premiere one time also. But I think that she's the one who should have replaced the lady in Sex in the City. Oh, like, definitely. She we, we thought she would have been great to replace. And she looks like her. Uh, the one who doesn't Kim think Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall, I couldn't she think of her name. She looks so much like Kim Cattrall at Spooky. Yeah. And she could have replaced and Kim she's Cattrall. so funny. Yeah, I Here's just saw her last. I saw her last night. Chris Rowe had his Christmas party last night, so you'll see pictures later. <laughs> did, you, did you see the? Um, I'd, uh, like, I'd like to meet her. Yeah, I want to meet her too. Did you yeah. see that TV show she did? Where she's? I forgot the name of it, but it's on HBO. Where she's a comedian in Las Vegas. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I heard about how oh, awesome it's hat. It is yeah. so good. It, it didn't come back a third season. It's a shame it didn't make it for oh. third. So. Uh, it might come back though. Maybe it was. Well, yeah, it might. Who knows after the strike what's going to happen? I hope so because we need good television. We don't yeah. have we don't have good television anymore. I don't know. We I love Stranger Things. There's a lot of foreign TV shows that Netflix is picking up that are really good. What and do you think? Squid Game. Did you watch Squid Game? I loved it. I absolutely loved it, but it reminds me of like Old Boy and you know all of those really graphic kind of um, movies that I, I love. Let's get back to the nitty gritty here. Okay, sorry, <laughs> I get I get off on tangents too. Oh, that's good. I like the tangents. So you're at a party, and he walks into the room, and your eyes fall out of your head. Tell me why. What? What party? You're you are at a party. Yeah. And he walks in the room. Who's the he? Who's the he? Oh, he can be anybody. It's so and, oh, he, okay. and your eyes fall out of your head. How come? What made you go bing, 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 bing? What kind of guy are you looking for? Oh, God. I the, the kind of guy isn't always about the looks for me. It has to be when I talk to them because I, I speak in movie quotes and horror stuff. So I want someone that can identify with me but not someone that I'm going to have to support. They have to, <laughs> I want someone that has their own shit, but can still talk to you at movie court level, you know? That's awesome. I have got to tell you, Adrian Barbeau, I said I would fix up. You know who Adrian Barbeau is? I, I love, love yeah, she's been at my show before. I she love her. Married. She said, I just want a companion, yep. but somebody that pays for my dinner. Wait, yeah. now I told this to uh, Courtney, and to another girl, and the girl on the show last week, and all these women said, I want a man that pays for my dinner, that I don't have to pay for his dinner. Old school. And I thought, what kind of bullshit is that? No woman has ever paid for my dinner and ever will. Yeah. I'm all, what is it with you broads? You go out with men and you pay for their dinner? Oh, I, I usually, I, I I don't. And if I do, then it's, it's just a friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Your friends, man. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not talking about business. I'm talking about a guy you're screwing. Yeah. You're sex with, and you have to pay for his dinner. I never yeah. heard no. I, I, I am old school. I like them to open my door. I definitely like to be treated like But I'm older, too, though. I'm older than probably a lot of the best. So. Nobody wants steak and no, rape. No, not really. Steak and rape, no. No one's a stake and rape anymore. Basically, but, our audience, our audience is like forty to seventy, and most okay. of the we bring but on girls are, are usually like in the, their fifties. These, 50s these or 60s. girls are beautiful with bodies of death. In my day, 
men would have given them the moon. And yeah. they go out with a fella and they have to pay for his dinner. Yeah. Aren't they ashamed, these men? I don't know. I don't like to date younger guys ever, you know? So it's just like most of the older ones are are like kind and they would pay for your dinner and they'd be old school. So I don't run into a lot of where I'd have to pay for I'm anything. I'm talking about a date now. I'm not talking about. Yeah. I don't go on on very many dates. <laughs> my next question. Do people date anymore? I think they do. But when I, when I first moved here, I dated mainly just for sex. Cause I did not want anything else. I just wanted sex and that's it. <laughs> Because I needed to get my, my husband out of my head. So I had to go and just have some sex. Now, what does your husband do that you're working with? In um, I don't know right now, but he was um, producing some of the auto shows or something. He was producing some of the auto shows, but I don't what know. Did he, what kind of work did he do when you were together? Oh, he worked with me. He owned the conventions with me. He did the movies with me. And um, he gave it all up for a 20-something-year-old. Is he still with that 20-something? He is. They're married and they have a new baby, which I'm so happy that's them because there's no way I want babies. I just want maybe grandkids, but I am so happy. And your kids are how old? Uh, my oldest is 28. And what? You have a 28-year-old? I have a 28-year-old and then I have a 23 Oh, you look so good. You're oh, an old you. <laughs> And my youngest is 15. He's the only one that's still at home with me. You have a, almost a 30-year-old kid? Mm -hmm. And she is, she is fabulous. She works for, um, I don't remember the name of it, but she it used to be Lighthouse. So she's at a different place. And she, um, she does all of the production post stuff for like The Simpsons, what we do in the shadows and how old were you when you got pregnant? 16? 25. No, my mom was 16 when she had me. But wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You are older than dirt. I mean, give me a Oh, I'm 53. You're 53? Yeah. I said that earlier. I don't lie about my age because I don't want anyone. I think, I, me. I think I've lost all sense. Seriously. I'm 83 years old. And now I look at everybody. And I think everybody's very young. I've lost my sense of age. When I was young, everybody seemed old. But, but I mean, you look so young. So like when, when I was 19, I thought everybody was old, very yeah. old. Now that I'm 83, I think everybody's young. So I would never pick you at 54. 53. 53. <laughs> You're going ahead of yourself. <laughs> I would say 42. Well, thank you. I would like to look 29, but you know. <laughs> I wouldn't want to look 29. I did not want to look 29. I just want to have my mind I have now, the body I had then. So, you know. <laughs> how, did, how is it? Well, I should talk. I have a 54-year-old daughter. <laughs> and I look at her and I say to myself, who's this woman in my house? <laughs> yeah. Why is this woman here? What happened to my daughter? My daughter's staying with me now until she moves back to Long Island. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, for the, for the holidays. She's moving. Uh, the reason they're staying with us is because their lease expired, and they don't want to renew the lease because she's moving to Pennsylvania. So One is moving to Pennsylvania, and one sense. is moving to the Hamptons. That's so. nice. You guys have someone to stay with. I My mom just passed last year, so it's been a really tough year. Yeah, well. My mom was only 16 years older than me. 
So she oh, was wow. very was she young. When she had her. My mom yeah. was 16. Had a girlfriend all those years. Actually, I saw, though, because I went through your Facebook page. Yeah. And you basically have two really good friends uh, who you lean on, and they're the Slaughter Sisters. Oh, yeah. my girl. In fact, I'm going to see them this weekend. The one is a, a Maxim model, and the other is just, she's just so they're fucking gorgeous. Yeah, they are. They're gorgeous, and they're just as kind in their hearts. And you're doing a movie with them, or because I, I I saw a post you did. It said something like you're going to bring out and finish the script or something for your right. Because I have a TV show that I've been writing uh, through COVID, and it's called Whitman's Goblin. And the Slaughter Sisters are two that are in it. Hold it, stop. What is it called? Slowly. Oh, the name of the show, the TV show that I'm creating is Whitman's Goblin. Whitman's Whitman's Goblin, Goblin. and then. Whitman like the chocolate goblin. Yeah, I got. I it's a it's a fun little thing like a supernatural and stranger thing. So it's for young adults, but it's modeled after. Um, you ever see Secondhand Lions with Robert Duvall and Michael Caine? Yes, great the movie. The two main characters are modeled after them because I love that movie so much that you have those 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 older guys that. Um, kind of live on the outskirts of the um, city, but they actually, they take care of all of these creatures that they keep from the park. That has to give from like six, six cents. Six cents, yeah. Haley Joel Osment, yeah. But Haley Joel Osment. There's, not, not there's to something so charming about their characters in there, because I love both of those actors so much anyway, that I wanted I wanted to do something like that, to honor them also, because they're some of my favorite actors. What is your opinion? Or how do you feel, or how do you see it? Getting funding for a movie. What is wrong? Why is oh, funding stuff? Wrong with it. It's just a, um, the one thing about it is there's no one way to do it. That's the hard thing. Um, at AFM this year, I saw a bunch of people get financing. I've re- I've actually met a bunch of people recently that uh, got some financing because right now everyone needs content. But you have to give up stuff for that. So you have to get like a distributor or someone like that because a lot of independent people aren't, don't want to um, give out their money. You know, a lot of uh, private investors. Private investors are are harder right now. It's easier to go with the distributor. Why is that? Why is it harder with the private I, investors? I think it, it's just because of after COVID, everybody's holding on to everything. I'm not sure. But I know I, that the distributors are all, they all want to give some money and pull it together, but they will own most of your project. They also take creative control, right? There's a rumor rumor going around that I heard from a couple of people that the investors are afraid the bottom's going to fall out and that we may go into a sort of a depression or recession and they don't want to part with their money. Have you heard that rumor? Um, That's something that's always across the board. People always say that at all the time. That's just, to me, that's just like another thing that their reason why they're not getting their financing. Because if your project is strong enough and you have people behind you, you can do it. You can get it done. Because I I had 13 movies. They were all privately invested in, you know what I mean? And um, they they weren't the greatest, but still I, I'm trying to um, uh, get some uh, studio stuff going right now. But I'm working with Sean Cunningham on that. So it's helped you open up some doors because he's yeah, a well actually we both helped each other because um he wants to um do uh remake a house 
I don't know if you remember House, the with yes. William Cat and George Went, you know. So I I took his script and I I work with Warren Zide. I don't know if you know who he is, Zide no, Perry. I know the name, but I don't know him. Okay, well he he created American Pie, Final Destination series. He's he's a big producer right now. He's working with Darren Afronsky. But I'm kind of I'm, I, when I first moved here, because I've known him for a long time, I asked him if he would be my mentor. So he's my mentor when I bring him projects. So <laughs> what I did is I, I just bring him every so every so often I bring a project that I think is strong enough. I brought him house and immediately because he's like he'll just pass really fast. He's very he's one of those Hollywood producers that, you know, you, you just like you just listen to. So. I brought him house and right away he hooked us up with his executives to rewrite it. So we're very close to bringing it out because it's a great IP. Oh, so, to, so to stop the rumor, you've financed 19 films so far. Well, 13, but they are old. It was a long time ago. And it's it's harder unless you know people, unless you know rich people that are willing to part with their money. Like they, I call them BSDs, big swing and dicks. People <laughs> that will that they would spend that money anyway in uh, Atlantic City or Vegas for the weekend. That it doesn't matter because they can write it off on their uh, taxes if they lost it for any reason, or they can write it off for a couple years till it starts making money. Because it right. takes a little while for the investment in a movie to to make back their money, so the investor can use that as a loss for a couple years. So, so I, my thing is I'm really solid with my paperwork and my prospectus because if you're good with that and if you have your ROIs, that's all they look at. They don't care about the script. They don't. Care. They might care about who's in it, but they just want to know how much money they're going to make it back, when they're going to make it back. So the paperwork is key. And that, that's hard because when I wanted to just be a creative, it was tough. I had to learn how to do all of the business and all the contracts before it really. I have so many friends good friends, you know them all. Yeah. They go to all with Marcel and, and Joe and everybody. Yeah. And they say that if you don't have a big name, you don't get financed. And you don't believe that. I, I don't because um, working with someone like Warren Zide and even Sean, um, if the content is good, it it's good. There's no way around if, if the investor is not interested in reading the script, how does he know the content? Oh, they don't care about it. They want to see the ROI. They say what I in my in my paperwork. It says, the return on the like the movies that made a lot of money, Texas Chainsaw, Man, all of them. If the film hasn't been made, how do you know what the returns based on other films that are based, similar? Based on other films that are similar, but for me, I had oh, a track bullshit. record, so that's I was bullshit. able to do that. That's bullshit. They did the second gone with the wind and it bombed. It didn't make a nickel. Yeah, but that's way back when things. <laughs> Things huh? have changed. Things have changed so much. Every year, um, the models change. This year, the biggest thing is streaming. Nobody cares much about theatrical, but horror is the only thing making money in the theaters because it's made for such a low amount of money. Because even Godzilla is gonna surpass Oppenheimer, the new Godzilla that just came but out. The quality of what's out there stinks, and people are complaining. Well, that's opinion, though. That's opinion. No, no, people are complaining. The greater majority of TV watchers are complaining. I get it in Facebook all the time. And all you're talking about movies. Not no, I'm TV. talking about movies. I'm talking about movies. Yeah, all, all, all these $50 million movies you go to see yeah. are not, are not quality. I think that's what A24 has brought 
to everyone is they're not those big, huge movies, but they actually, the content and the stories are phenomenal. You know, you've seen Midsummer, and I didn't like Infinity Pool that much, but a lot of people did. I didn't like Midsummer. Um, oh, I liked Midsummer, but I love Heredity and, you know, all of the different things. I didn't like that one either. Okay. Yeah, see, but that's oh, opinion, though, because. My final question on this. My final question on the subject is. How would you advise people out there who are thinking of producing film? Because we have so many people that are not qualified coming into our business, which I resent. Common housewives or uneducated people. And they think they're going to produce a film and make a fortune. And they don't know their asses from their elbow or how to get money for the film or what the film, they don't even know what the film is about. Just as there are so many people now that pay to get in film, which I despise, and I'm against it and I fight for it because I worked on a film with one of those buy-in people and I wanted to kill myself because I, I, totally I looked like I was overacting, but I wasn't overacting. I was doing the right job, but the person wasn't. Right. So it made me look bad and I'm furious about that. And I tell everybody, I will not be in a movie. If you all have buy-ins, no way. Right. Too many people want to be in our business. Yeah. And they don't have the qualification. They have not trained. They, I mean, I'm in the business 64 years. So I had to learn something in 64 years. And it yeah. shows on film. But if you have nothing and you give $3,000 to be in a movie, just so you can tell your friends, I'm in a movie. And you go to a red carpet, you think you're a movie star, so you wear a gown at three o'clock in the afternoon and you look like an idiot. Okay, I've been to those, I've been to those premieres too. <laughs> what is your feedback, my Tommy? <laughs> you don't crowd, do you crowd, you don't crowd I crowdfunded at the very beginning, but I I never sold speaking roles. I only right. sold kills. Yes, only, see, I'm fine with only if you want to die. I would never sell speaking roles because they have to be good actors. There's no way that you're going to have a tiny movie. And if you you have bad actors in it, you'll, you won't make very many movies after that. No, so I, I, I I'm always the film I'm talking about, I won't mention the name of the, you know, the film. But the uh, producer went and got everybody in Pittsburgh, this little town, to be in the film. Never have any of them acted. If you see this film, you want to shoot yourself because you can't stand another minute of it. And I make fun of it all the time because it looks bad. For, I had a very big partner. I played a very mean cop from New York who goes to Pittsburgh and pushes people around. But I'm looking for... He was good at it. I'm looking for... Well, because I'm 64 years. I'm looking for the murderer who killed this fella, and they're blaming it on some creature that comes out of the river. And I don't believe it. There's no such thing as a creature coming out of a river. You did it. And the guy, it was, it was his brother. And he said to me, oh, you're a bastard. I almost fainted, right? <laughs> Here, I'll give you a little bit of what I did. Brooklyn accent. Don't tell me you didn't do it. There's nothing out there in the river. You're telling me there's a monster in the river. You're crazy. You did it. You did it. You killed your brother. And he looks at me and says, oh, you're a bastard. 
I looked at the camera and I said, what the fuck is going on here? Out of your mind, energy I blew out my ass, and this guy is you. So I agree with you. I'm fine with crowdfunding for perks that are not. Perks, um, yeah, like DVDs. These autograph stuff, get to visit the set, any of those things, but I don't like it when they do it for the actors. Yeah, because that, that your project, because that you put so much into the writing, the everything else, it can take it down. One bad actor can take take down so much of the movie. I also think so. I'm gonna oh, tell me. <laughs> oh, tell me. I have a question though about the AFN people that. Oh, wait a minute. The, wait, I got to conclude this for the people. So the critics wrote. Ready for this? That the movie had all amateur actors. Oh, all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got included in that. All amateur actors. Yeah. Not even actors. But amateur. they got everybody to vote for it because it has like 55 star reviews on IMDb because they've got everybody to vote for it, you know. But, but I, I want to go. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Non professional. I want to go back to AFM for a second. Okay. Uh, so when you, when you have people that are pitching like projects, they're pitching it that they're also going to be producing it, or are they basically just selling the concept and they are done with it? Um, a lot of the times they want to be a part of it, but they have to be able to be ready to release it if they want it made sometimes. So you have to read the room kind of thing. Um, right. But the people that are insistent that they direct or they do this, this, those people probably don't fund it. That's yeah. right. They don't okay. take it seriously because you know, you have, you have to go with the process. And, and a lot of times you can prove yourself by the time the contracts are finished by being a part of it, but you do have to, you have to sacrifice some stuff. It just and you also, what about, what about, so basically like if you do that, you, you lose your creative control and they change scripts and ideas and stuff. And they sometimes it. it's the way you negotiate your contracts. It always goes back to the contracts. The way you negotiate things are key. If they love your script, they'll probably say, yes, you can have the creative stuff. You know, like I am working with Sean Cunningham. Some of the executives wanted him to change stuff. And he's like, mm -mm, and he changed it the way he wanted to. And it's fabulous. So sometimes listening to those people, because there's a reason he has all of those, you know, those movies. Yeah. So, but those oh. executives listen to him and let him do it. And now everything's flowing. So it just depends on how you approach it and how you work with people, because people are very fragile sometimes. Yeah, very. Tommy, one more question. Will you get funded if you do not have a poster and a deck? Uh, probably not. A, a, a deck, a deck is is very important because you need to have a oh, explanation of what you're doing, but you have to have your paperwork too at the same time. Tell tell, tell our audience what a deck is. Oh, a, a pitch deck or a pitch deck is for movies. A bible, a show bible, is for TV shows, and it depicts all of the things that you want in the movie or that what you what you see the movie as in uh, the stranger the stranger things pitch deck they used all old other movie stuff to uh show how this movie was going to be made because they didn't have any original stuff so they'd bring in you know other movies and they put under it exactly what they wanted and it's a very simple pitch deck but it worked so sometimes the simplicity of it's better and I sometimes put in some of my paperwork, like my the different movies that make a lot of money or the stars that are worth it. Right. It just depends on who you're talking to, because mm -hmm. I, I adjust each pitch deck to who I'm presenting it to. Right. Okay. So I have research on those people or that company, and then I will change it accordingly. Next question. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. I was told 
by a very big uh, director, I won't mention who, okay. that no one reads a script, not even the actor. They just want to know how much money they're getting. Is that true? Or do actors read scripts? I'm playing stupid now. Um, if they're not making a ton of money, they read the script because they want they want to use it for something else. If they're making a ton of money, they probably don't, a lot of times they don't care unless they're top tier. But if it is like, like Augie had to read this script before she signed on because she had to make sure it's going to be worth her time. She is getting paid, but it's such a small movie. She's not getting a ton. When she read it, she was on because it's, it's a psychological thing more so than anything else. And it has the possibility to be great if the two actors in it can hold their own. And right now they can. So I have high hopes for it. <laughs> it's called right. Thou, Thou right. Shall Kill. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in six films coming up as they get funded. I've read all six scripts. And uh, one, I, I didn't feel uh, that, that they gave me the right. So I kindly told, matter of fact, at a Christmas party, I told the uh, producer and director that I didn't think it would be good for me. And they understood because I gave them a reasoning why. I didn't just say blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it just wouldn't be good for me because yeah. I'm really... I'm reestablishing my career because I retired for so many years. So I'm like a new guy coming back on the block. Yeah. And I have to be very careful what I do so I don't get casted as one of those bad actors. Right. And that's that's those actors like you definitely read it because they want to, because it means something for them more. So it's not as much about the money. It's about, and those are the people that read the scripts. It's not about the money at all. So right. Well, for some people it is. But for a majority of the actors, it's not. I think I, I, I've read one script that I cannot wait to do. Good. You're going to find it interesting. It's called Typo Negative. Oh, and one of my favorite play. bands. I love that band. Yeah. No, I, I play a gay vampire who has a daughter. And I'm training my daughter on how to be a vampire. Oh. It is probably one of the most interesting scripts I've read in years. The, the writer takes us into another world where nobody can go but vampire. It's probably the best movie, the horror movie we're going to see in a long time. If it shoots the way it's written, unicorns are in it and fairies. And it almost I mean, sounds like a Brian Lumley book. He did all those. Yes, I, I also think so. Yeah, and I can't wait to do it. And I think it's going to be a plus. Well, the the thing I'm doing for V Neil is V's Vampire Weekend, so we're bringing in everybody that's ever played a vampire so you got to come to the show and you can promote the movie by then if you want <laughs> yeah, yeah by 2025 we should have i'm starring in it so that's yeah. my first starring role since years ago my 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 last afm question <clears throat> people pitching the films what kind of budgets were they you know in between x and x so i watched a lot of the different things and i paid attention a lot of the times you do not tell them a budget. You don't give them those parameters. Okay, so if they like the idea, then they they're like gonna... the idea. They will say, "Well, let me see if I, you know." And if you wanted a higher budget or something else, they they will create something where they partner with other companies if you need more. So going into it, because I was, well, I don't know. You guys know who Cassie and Elwes is? Yes, I do. Okay, so we I watched it. The, they did a big pitch session, and that was the one thing he said. When people pitched with the budget, he goes, never, don't put the budget in there because that makes me roll my eyes. He said, just, 
project. Make sure you roll my eyes. Make sure you roll your eyes. Make sure roll his eyes, and he, you don't want Cassian to roll his eyes in a meeting. <laughs> what about, okay, take that then to the individual. What if you were going, but if you're going to a private investor, you would want the budget in there. Well, in a private, it's different. Yeah, private investor is different. Production company, they, they can see from your pitch, if they can see the movie, they'll finance it. Sometimes they'll give you more. It just depends on what it is, because but you have to allow them to build the movie with you. You can't right. say, "Well, I'm not going to do it if I can't direct." Well, I'm going to, you know, you have to be able to be fluid and and go with with everything. And you do have to sacrifice a lot, especially if you if you need the money, you have to play the game. Right. Is it more expensive to bring the production to a state where there's a tax deduction incentive? It incentive. is. If no, it's not a big budget, because I, I come from Michigan where we had that huge tax incentive and everyone came running there. Um, and a lot of the they're set up. A lot of them are for the bigger budgets. They're not set up for small budgets of a few million and under. They're set up to make you know it easier for millions of dollars because the idea of tax credit is they're bringing business in. So if it's a tiny movie, it's not worth it. They're not going to get your funding. funding. Okay, ex explain to my audience what a tax state is. Okay. I'll explain. The tax credit in Michigan, you got 40% back of everything above and below the line um, for bringing the production there. So you'd fill out all loads of paperwork and then what you'd explain everything. And then after all the expenditures are out, they would give you money back from the state. The state would pay you because you're bringing hotel rooms in, food, you know, all of these things that you're bringing in. But in Michigan, they wouldn't allow me to use the tax credit because I lived there. So I hired other companies in. Hey, go back. That doesn't sound right. Right, because they were trying to bring in outside money. They weren't trying to use the money. In. So, I, oh, that's so, so I hired production companies from LA to come in and do that. And I just ran it and that worked. So there's always little loopholes that you can do, but you just have to, I mean, you'll get frustrated sometimes, but you, you just have to move past it. Something happens, you know, cause like on any of the projects that I'm on, I could be the red shirt. I could be kicked off and I have to be ready to parlay that into something else and not get all pissy about it because I want to keep those connections still. Right. This is all for young people who are watching, who want to come into business. That's why I'm doing all of this. We know this shit. But they don't know the shit they're going to have to go to. Um, do you think, or is it true, or I have heard, that an actor will not commit to your script unless they're paid ahead of time or the, they know the budget? Now, that's not I have not found, I have not found that out because if, if they believe in you or they know your reputation, you should you know let's say if you were going to do a movie and and you're going to you're looking for uh, give an example david Duchovny. i don't know i don't know david Duchovny, but i want david Duchovny to star in my film but i don't have any money yet do you think that uh, like basically can you get a commitment from an actor who's uh, you know an a-list actor to be in a project without having any money only if you know them personally or you That's know right. their agent personally like cassian elwes helped saw get made Right. That's how that happens. So if you know people that will be in your corner and believe in you, then yes, you can. But just going out of the gate, 
No, they're going to, you can't get past their secretary. You can't even get to the agent is hard. You know what I mean? So unless you know them and they believe in you, because this is a business about relationships, because Absolutely. I've been so, able to do so much not, not, being, uh, not being related to anyone just because I build relationships. Jimmy thinks I'm crazy because I have, I wrote a movie and I want a certain star to be in my movie. And I said to Jimmy, I'm going to knock on her door. I want Fran Drescher, but right now she's still coming out of the union crap. Right. And I know Fran Drescher. So I'm not going to her agent or her manager because right. they'll help me. She know I'm, going right. to, I'm going to call Fran up, say, let's have a lunch, exactly. and then I'm going to picture the script. Yeah, because then he'll tell her agent, this is what I'm right. doing. And that's, that's how it gets done. I tell him that all the time. Yeah. He said, you can't go knock on their door. He wants to just show up at somebody's door and knock on I knocked door. on the door. I would do that, too. That's how stubborn I am. I okay, Tommy. We've had Fran Drescher on the show. We don't really know her. We had her on the show one time five years ago or six years ago. That's how I know her. She knows but then you do your research and you realize, oh, Fran Drescher was really good friends with uh, PJ Souls. So let's see if I can talk to PJ. You know what I mean? So I would do different things and build on it. Sean Canyon knows how he worked on her show, but I forgot what I was going to say. Her senior moment. So I want to go back to you though. So so your movies, because I noticed like even the movies you did that didn't have big budgets back in the day, Little Red Devil, uh, Born of Earth. I mean, you had big people like Brad Dourif. I mean, he's huge. Like you had yeah. huge. Well, it's because the only reason I got Brad Dourif is because of my relationship with James Russo. James Russo had been in a couple of my movies, and he's like, "Hey, Brad's my buddy, and we've never done a scene together, and he just got new teeth. So can he come? So he comes and does the scene, and he pulls his teeth out, throws it in the guy's cup, so they could have this scene together. So I got him for a song and a dance." Because I, of my relationship, it's like everybody loves you and everybody like knows you. Like, I, there's not a person like in the horror world, in the horror community, who doesn't know you. Because everybody I talk to, they're like, "Oh yes, yes, Tommy's great. I love Tommy. Yeah, Tommy." I mean, so you've done an. Well, I got a lot of haters, just so you know, too. So <laughs> we all do. You know why? Yeah, we all do, don't we? <laughs> you know why I'm making this show a tell-all show? Mm -hmm. Because I want to discourage. People out there who think it's easy. Oh, I want them to know from you how difficult it is, yes. so they don't waste their time and come into business. Yes. Well, I've if sacrificed are, so much are, for so long that I know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you have gone to college and you are trained in this area, and if you have fortitude and great strength and patience, it's a lot of time. I have one. Then come time. into the business. Listen to what Tommy is saying, Tommy. Don't think you could be her. She's an exceptional woman. This woman, <laughs> this woman lives, she lives movies. Breathes it. She has That's movies. it. That's, I live and breathe it. That's she has life. no life. She simply lives movies. <laughs> so you have to give up life to be like Tommy and live in movies. And, I, then, and then you'll be as great as That, is, that is my life. And I love that. Of, I, love, I love I love that with my life. I, Listen, I enjoy the moment. So <laughs> I have not done this show with anyone else. I know you. And I said to Jimmy, I'm going to work it as an industrial show. We have never done an industrial Industry, show. Industry, not industrial. Industry show. Industry. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> whatever doesn't matter. I know what you're talking about. I'm good. <laughs> industrial, whatever the fuck. And I chose you because I know your reputation. 
thing. And I know you're a good talker, and I know you're going to give me the answers I'm looking for. Yeah. Please out there, stay, out, not easy stay out of our business if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. We don't need you into Or get a mentor to teach you how to do it before right. you start. Right, and that, that's what I do is I, I, what I call it, I collect people. And I love the people that I meet. Like you, Twyla is someone that I met at one of those premieres. But I best. just oh, love her. her and I brought her to the sandbox with Sean and everybody. And it it just clicked because she is one of those people that I don't know. There's something about her that I know yeah, you know, do listen, so much. You know how good she is? Yeah. A stranger that she met needed a kidney and she gave one of her kidneys. I know. She's she she Sometimes she's too kind. I won't give my kidneys away because my kids oh, I might eat them. <laughs> I agree with that, but she's a fabulous. I'm actually working on two projects. I love Twyla. And yep. she's very, very good. Um, I know. I All right, we got to go because we've got another oh, guest. Uh, so you guys, you can follow Tommy. Tommy even though she's not on. Thank you for all the info you gave us. And I hope that you've made people that are watching understand that the business is not easy. And you guys, check out Exit 33. I was going to play the trailer, but we were talking and we didn't have enough time because Exit 33 looks like a great movie. It's got oh. King, you guys, who's like an icon in the world of horror. And he's fabulous and you guys will love him. And I gave him his first kissing scene and he wrote it in his book about that movie. So oh, I, read that. Kissing. Kissing. I didn't know who you were when I read the book. I didn't know who you were. Now I know who you are. So <laughs> Uh, so you guys, and uh, we wish you and your family and everybody a very Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas and enjoy yourselves. Is there a red carpet coming up that we're going to be at? Well, I don't know. If we have Anything one. coming up? I don't know, but I don't know. <laughs> Therese, we'll see you there. And anytime you need anything, please let us know. We love having you on. You're so that smile is so wonderful. You have the most welcoming smile. That's why people throw money at you. Uh, they don't throw money at me. It wouldn't be in my oh, yeah. bedroom here. <laughs> they throw money at me. I love it. All right, Tommy, thank you so happy, much. Happy everything wonderful, Tommy. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye, you guys. Take care. She's a darling. Isn't she She's fabulous? an absolute darling. I love her to death. Um, and so smart and so in the business. I so, I so respect her. You know, so many jerks are in our business. They don't know the rest is from their elbow. And it's nice to speak to a woman that absolutely had all the right answers to all the questions I gave her. So now we're going to bring on our next guest, you guys. Go ahead. Let's bring him in. What's hey, look, how, you how you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing so, so good. It is such a privilege and an honor to speak with you guys. Oh, it's honored. To, so actually, let me introduce you, and then I'll tell you a quick story. All right, everybody, now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, singer, songwriter, performer, Luke Harrison. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, so amazing to be here. This is my co-host, Ron Russell. How do you do? Now, all the young girls out there, you know, are screaming. They all think you're so cute. <laughs> so, I, I first question, you have a girlfriend? Uh, I don't. No, not right now. Good. So, all you young girls out there, he's available. <laughs> So I want to tell you, so we've had two other people from Australia on the show. Three, actually. We yeah. had um, we had one of the guys who was in the Lord of the Rings, and I forgot his name. And we had a lady who, like, won a bunch of rounds on The Voice Australia. And then we had Guy Sebastian. Uh, no on the way. Show. And so we had Guy Sebastian on the show when he was touring the United States. 
you know, and people didn't know him and we had a, a big audience. So they brought him on the yeah. day just to bring him on the show, you know, to get wow. him out there. So, so you're our fourth Australian and you're a pop star like Guy Sebastian. Do you like Guy Sebastian? Well, you want to know a funny story? Yes. I love Guy Sebastian and I actually uh, performed with him uh, at the 2018 Commonwealth Games in Oh, there you Australia. go. So yeah, we were on stage singing together in the finale of this uh, ceremony, like the Olympics, but you know, for the Commonwealth. And um, I just remember meeting him, seeing him backstage. He's like the nicest guy that I've ever met. He is such an, a delight to work with. And, and he's uh, such a yeah. superstar. And, you know, for Australia, he's a superstar. So we have, wait, wait, we have a chat room full of people. Say hi to everybody in the chat room. What's going on, everyone in the chat room? I'm trying to. Can I? Can I see them? What they're saying? Maybe you can go in the comments. Say hi to B Claudia. You'll see if you go to comments instead of private chat. I think you can oh, see. Oh yeah, it. I'm seeing it. Yeah, I'm say hi it. to B Claudia. She's like talking about you getting in a car and on your Instagram <laughs> and stuff. So what's going on, B? How are you? How are you? She's in Germany. She's in Germany. Wow. Um, I I would love to go to Germany. That would be amazing. You will eventually. You'll so go. what kind of singing do you do? Well, you know, currently I am a pop contemporary singer, um, but I have loved singing all genres throughout my life. Funnily enough, I started in musical theatre, so I toured around Australia doing a lot of shows. Uh, I was Friedrich in The Sound of Music and uh, Michael Banks' Mary Poppins, and that was the real start for me in this industry. And so I progressed from there into, you know, jazz, and uh, I was a big boy soprano back in the day uh, before my voice transitioned. And so having that classical operatic training uh, and that experience has been, you know, insane. There was uh, no one that I knew in, you know, my school or where I was at um, that was doing, you know, singing like that. And so it was really interesting because I'd go to school and no one would really know, um, you know, a guy that sang opera as a 12 year old. Right. Uh, and so that was just crazy in itself to, um, you know, have that training and, and be in that genre. But now as I'm 19 and, you know, out in the world now, it's, uh, more pop and contemporary and I'm loving it. Loving every step. I also read that you so you you did sound and music. Mary Poppins. Were you Oliver in Oliver, or were you somebody else? I was the Artful Dodger in. Okay. Oliver. So yeah, yeah, it was uh, an amazing. We amazing rock you. you were in We Will Rock You. You were in Strictly Ballroom. So you've done a whole bunch of theater. Yes, yes, loved theater. Would loved you like to be in New York theater? I would love to be in New York theater. Absolutely. Yeah, it's well, been one of my dreams. Would like to go to New York and audition. Uh, you're clean. Right? If you can sing, I think they'll hire you. I think you might have a good shot at it because you're good looking, and that's important. And so here's what we're going to do. And you're 19. They like that because they could mold you their way, you know, directors and producers. They don't like yeah. attitude. And when you're 19, you're innocent, and that sells. So I think you're going to be very successful, my friend. So I got a good feeling about you. So you guys, Luke has two songs. We're going to play them both while we have him on. But the first one is his single that he released. It's called Make Me Better because it has an actual music video. And um, it hit number 25 on the Billboard Adult Contemporary Charts, uh, number five in, on, in the UK, USA, and Canada iTunes pop charts. And I also saw it was number four, though, someplace. So someplace hit number four, right? Yeah, it actually went number one in France and Germany for a day, which is like mind-blowing. So number one in Belgium, number two in France, number one in Germany for a day. And when I saw that, I was like, 
just blown away. It was incredible <laughs> to know that people, you know, on that side of the world are, you know, listening to your music. A lot of people think Australia is so, so far away. Um, but I guess through, you know, watching people starting to listen all around the world, it's actually kind of brought my perspective in a little bit to see, you know, just so many people come together, uh, which I have loved. So, so yeah. let me ask you the, media, the media is one neighborhood. Mm. You know, everybody's in one neighborhood now. We're not anywhere in, all over. Yeah. What does yeah. that mean? It means because of the media right now. Oh, because of the media, right yeah. Now, yeah, because we have people in every country listening to this yeah, right, right now. now we have over 5 million viewers. So that's what we get a week, every show. So over... Anywhere between two and a half to five million people are watching you. Right we have now. a huge UK audience because our, 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 our show is number 21 on the Apple iTunes before, charts. Before the in, computer. In the UK. Before the computer. We're 25 here. Uh, can you shut up for a fucking yes. minute? Boy, he never shuts up. Oh. We do that all the time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you're good. You're good. You're good. Across, that's important. Okay, get it across. For everybody that's watching this boy to. If his music's good, which I'm sure it will be when we hear it, that years ago we couldn't possibly promote him the way we can now with the media. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Correct. You would never have been found. You would still be in Australia singing in a in a pub. Well, actually, he didn't sing in any. No, but I'm just. Being, I'm being, you know, facetious. <laughs> I'm being smartass. Now <laughs> you're international. As of today. You are an international performer, and you can advertise that because of our show. You can use your name, Luke Harrison, international performer. And you're hitting on the charts in every country. So I have a question. What kind of music did you listen to before we play the video? What kind of music did you listen to growing up? Did you, do you like boy bands? Yeah, so funnily enough, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. I grew up listening to so much diverse music because I did so much performance in diverse genres. So a lot of musical theater, a lot of One Direction, a lot of Taylor. Um, I am a huge, huge Harry Styles and Charlie Puth fan. Um, but I was actually talking to someone yesterday. My sister got me into a lot of R&B stuff. And so, you know, a few years ago, I started listening to uh, bands like Mint Condition. Love uh, it. And, you know, Breaking My Heart is like one of my favorite songs right now. And I've been loving, you know, experimenting with, I guess, so many different genres. We've had, um, all, of those yeah. bands. We've had all those bands on our show in the past. Shy, yeah. and we just had a... Uh... Uh, don't go breaking my. I forgot who the name. Of the don't name go breaking. We had no. We had. We've had a whole bunch of them. Though we have all the different. We've had all the rock stars. We've had um, pretty much like everybody. You know, we've had. Well, you're young, but like we've had like Chicago, Earth, Wind, and Fire, like all these huge wow, bands wow. on the show. So where from in Australia? So I grew up on the Gold Coast. That's where I was born uh, in Queensland. But now I live in Brisbane. And a lot of people, you know, when they hear Australia, they think Sydney or Melbourne, uh, which are the big cities down south. And Brisbane's pretty big too, um, but we're just a little bit further north. So right now it's like 110 degrees every day. Humidity, it's crazy. It's Florida weather. So I'm from Florida, so I'm from Florida. When I hear, when I hear Australia, the first thing I think of is sharks. <laughs> sharks? <laughs> people go in that water, I will never know. There's a lot of hey. sharks. Shark, right? in, shark infested. 
There, there actually, yeah, there are a lot of sharks, but if you pick the right beach, you're fine. It only actually happens in certain beaches, and we have shark nets that, you know, protect everyone. Um, but I think I was reading, a, I was reading a study or something came up on my Instagram where it was like, you're more likely to fall out of bed and, and die from falling out of bed than getting eaten by a shark in Australia. Yeah, it's probably true, but we'd still be afraid. Yeah, I, I watch horror movies, <laughs> shark movies and stuff, so it makes me more afraid. And, and I'm from Long Island. I'm from Long Island, New York, and if you saw the movie Jaws, it mm -hmm. was photographed where I come from, and we have yeah. the great white, great whites out there. So I yeah, never, yeah, yeah. I never go in the ocean. I only go in pools. All right, so here's what I want to do. Of sharks. Here's what I want to do. So one, uh, we're gonna play "Make Me Better," but I'm gonna let Luke introduce us. So here's what I want you to just say: who you are. This is the music video for your new song, whatever, however you want to say, make me better. And then you hang on, we're going to play it for everybody to see it, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Sounds good. All right, go for Hello, it. Hello, everyone. My name is Luke Harrison. This is my new single, Make Me Better. The music video is all yours right now. I was a mess, nothing left, didn't know my right from wrong. Stuck on repeat, heading down, down a road to a place I don't belong. That's where you found me. I lost all my sense of clarity. But you saw me clearly. Your eyes, your smile, give me all the hope I need. For a new beginning, now I got a purpose. Cause you think I'm worth it.
Illusions. I love it. The chat room loves it. I think it's a great song. And now is the girl somebody you dated or that's just a friend? No, that's just a friend of mine uh, who's an amazing actor. Um, yeah, who was working on the video with us. Uh, not someone I dated, no. Um, <laughs> I love that question, though. That's so good. Everyone does ask that. <laughs> everyone, everyone in my life asks that. Every friend I have is like, oh, Luke, okay. So I see what's happening here. I'm like, no, guys. <laughs> We're just... It's just acting. Oh, it I like, love it. So I have a question. How wait, did this wait, song wait, do? Wait, you oh. get my comment. Okay. You're, you're nice on the eye and easy on the ear. And I think that combination is going to make you a very important performer one day. In about three years, I give you, we'll be knowing all about you. Yeah. You can sing. So you can sing, and that's a pretty song. And I don't like today's music. I'm being honest, you know, I don't find a lot of it pleasant. I find it screaming, too auto-tuned, and I don't like it. But that's a pretty song, pretty lyrics. Thank you. Thank you. Did, did you write you it? Did, you did a nice job with it. Do you write also? I do, of course. I, uh, I find that I actually perform best when I have, you know, a good process with writing, when I'm able to sit on on those sessions because – if I'm able to put my heart and soul into the song, then I feel like I'm going to be able to portray that to everyone, sure. you know, way better, um, which is, you know, something I love doing as well. So, yeah. So how, ma how many instruments do you play? So I play piano, drums, uh, as well as singing. Um, and that's, I've been doing that ever since I was like four years old. And so I love those two instruments to the death. I could get, I would love to get up on stage, do a drum fill. I watched a video by Bruno Mars uh, where he does Locked Out of Heaven, but he starts it off with this insane, like, two minute drum solo. And I have, like, looked up to that performance ever since I was younger. Um, and so, drums, uh, piano, I also played saxophone, cello when I was younger, and all percussion I love as well. So, when you know, when you grow up in the industry, when you were younger, we're so old, you know, so like. When you were younger, how much younger? younger no, actually, though, young because you, like you said, you performed with Guy Sebastian in 2017 or something? 2018, yeah. That's five years ago. So you would have been like 14. Like, how is that? You're performing with the, one of the biggest stars in Australia when you're 14. I mean, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was on the biggest arena in Australia, uh, the closing ceremony, Commonwealth Games. We were on stage with Guy Sebastian. Uh, if you guys know who Damien, uh, Delta Goodrum, the Veronicas. I love uh, Delta big, Yeah, big Australian artists like that all coming together. And we all got to stand on that stage and as well as, you know, doing a solo beforehand, but coming together at a, in the finale was just, you know, crazy at the age of 14 to be amongst you know, those well-respected artists of Australia yeah. and the world. I love you to know. watch, I love to watch the voice. So I watch the auditions. I don't really like to watch the whole show. I just really like the blind auditions. Um, yeah. so, but I watch, I watch all the blind auditions from Australia and I love Delta Goodrim. Um, and so I think it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's so much, it's so cool. Who are the, who's like the biggest singer from Australia that we might know? Who's, who do you think is like the biggest? Ooh, you know what's actually crazy? You know what I would say is my answer? Okay. And a lot of people actually didn't know this for a while, but ACDC are Australian. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but they got found in America. So um, I would actually say ACDC are probably the biggest That's from a Australia. Yeah. Oh, I like love it. Now, on a personal note, do you have tattoos? No, I don't. 
I do not. Well, good. I never do. Because your clean cutness is going to bring you somewhere. You don't want to look like everybody else. And to me, tattoos are fun when you're young. But when you're 60 years old. They don't look good. Those tattoos look like bruises, <laughs> like they got beat up. Good. I also stay read clean, I also clean, read God. that you like got accepted into like NY, I don't know, a bunch of great schools and stuff, but and you kinda like are parlaying that to wait to see how your pop career goes. You're in LA right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, currently in LA. We got here a few days ago. Um, but yeah, I did get accepted into Berkeley, NYU and uh, USC as well for music. Pretty phenomenal so. schools. Okay, another yeah. personal oh, another personal cool. question. Okay, girls out there, get ready for this. What is your ideal girl? What should she look like and be like? Uh, this is actually a really good question. And I'll be honest with you. It's not something I've had, I guess, a whole lot of time to think about. But the answer I will say is that I would love someone who can push me to be a better version of myself. Uh, and if the girl, if someone could do that, um, then that'll be the best thing for me because I always have room for improvement in everything I'm doing. And so the best thing I think for me would be a girl that would be able to do that and someone who'd be able to, I guess, understand, I guess, you know, my position as an, as an artist and, and where I'm at. Um, and I think with your morals aligned, uh, anything is possible. Absolutely. Did you hear that, girl? So I now like you know. If you don't have that quality, forget it. So you did it. <laughs> you have a you have a Christmas song you just released, and I want to know how did you pick? So it's a cover of Wham's "Last Christmas." Everybody, yeah. I, I wouldn't know if you would know Wham because you're like young. Like, how did you how did you pick that song? Well, I was thinking to myself you know, what Christmas song, I was racking my brain, you know, what is the best Christmas song to do? If I had to do one cover right now, the Christmas song, what would it be? And I couldn't really figure it out because I love Christmas music so much. Like Pentatonix is like my top five yeah. artists of the year, even if it's not Christmas, right? So I was thinking, you know, well, what is the best Christmas song to do? And on the radio, or as I was listening in the car, uh, song Faith by George Michael came on. And I was listening to this track and I was like, oh man, this would be a great song to perform. And then I thought to myself, okay, George Michael, well, what else does he do? And then I started listening to Last Christmas over oh, and yeah. over again. Good and point. then randomly my friends were listening to it as I was hanging out with them like later in the day. And I was like, okay, this is a sign. I need to do Last Christmas. And so I went in the studio, we got some tracks laid down. And as I was hearing it back, I was like, this is the one, let's put it out. I love it. Also, in the chat room, they're saying Kylie Minogue is Australian. Kylie Minogue's big, and her sister. Yeah, Kylie Minogue's huge. Uh, yeah. Keith what, Urban. What, what about Petula Clark? Is she from Australia? I think she's from Australia. Petula okay. Clark. Downtown. I think so. Everybody yeah, goes. I think in the fifties or sixties. I think Petula Clark is from Australia. All right, so here's what we're gonna do because I want people to hear both songs while you're on. Um, so Juan, we're gonna play the Last Christmas one. So now you introduce your version of Last Christmas, and we're gonna play it. Just hang on. Yeah, you're good. Hello, everyone. This is Luke Harrison with my version of Last Christmas. You can hear the official audio right now. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. But the very next day, you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special Last Christmas 
Nine, you're I like cooking. love it. Everybody nine, like love it. Nine, you're cooking. Acapella, when you open, proves you have a voice. You're not all fudged up. The song is terrific. I love it. It's from my day when we understood a song, when we appreciated the music and the voice, not the screaming bullshit they do today. I love it. It's a great, great Christmas song. Thank you. You did a beautiful job. You're a very talented kid. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you got like all the. Shut up. I got to be a father. I'm a father of two daughters, so I got to be a father. No drugs. Drugs will destroy you. I've seen it happen to many performers. I'm in the business 64 years. I've seen it happen to big, big people. Don't smirk because I'll smack your face. Like you're probably doing drugs. No, he saying, doesn't do drugs. He's saying, fuck you, to keep your mind. He's probably saying, fuck you, you old fag. But listen, <laughs> do not do drugs. They will destroy you. I'm telling you. Never. You have a good career ahead. Don't mm. let it go to your head. Don't think your shit doesn't smell. And don't think that you're better than anybody. And don't treat people like crap. I'm mm. in the business. I know what I'm talking about. You will go far. You're going to be like the, the male Taylor Swift. You will you will go far if you stay Thank you. And, and narrow. And the chat room loves you. And, and B. Claudia, who's in Germany, that you said hi, she's just like, and, and he's hot, too, on top of it all. Yeah, you're beautiful. <laughs> she's got a couple of radio stations she's going to try you're, and get the song played on. You're a beautiful young man with a beautiful career and voice. Keep it Thank clean. You. Keep it nice. So let's say you were going to go. Let's do some, a hypothetical question. Somebody calls up and says, hey, we want you to open for and go on tour with Blank. Oh, yeah. Who do you want? Who are yep. some people that you think would be fun to go on tour with? Fun to go on tour with? All right. First off, I would love to go on tour. Wait, can it be dead or alive or like people who are in the industry? It could be dead or alive. Give uh, us a dead and alive. Jackson for one. Uh, Michael Jackson. Jackson for one. That's a huge thing. Uh, Elton John for two. I uh, met him. And, and no, oh, really? That would be an honor. I yeah. dressed him. I look dressed, up to himself. I used to be a clothing designer. I dressed him once. It Jimmy was great. Did, and then wow. he made a red jacket for him. Yeah, it was awesome. That he wore on wow. tour. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And uh, definitely Harry Styles uh, would be up there because I really love him. And Charlie Puth, too. Um, I love Charlie Puth. Fan. Yeah, I love Charlie Puth. He is incredible. I love Charlie Puth. That's, he's a Puth. He's a big singer. So here's, here's my, like, uh, uh, my six degrees of separation from Charlie Booth is I did the costume design for Too Fast, Too Furious, and Charlie Booth did the yeah. song about Brian Connors when he died, you know, at the end of one of those films. Yeah. They saw, t- tagging it to you, that you got to go to the premiere of Fast X in Brisbane or someplace. I did. Yeah. I did, yeah, in Brisbane, in my hometown. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was so fun. Were any of the people from the movie actually at the premiere? Not at that one. I think there was a plan for it, but you know how it is flying out from, you know, wherever they are to, to Australia. It's, it's very, very logistically hard. Uh, so, but there was some of the team from Universal there, um, you know, giving some notices. And they had the cast do a uh, do a message on the screen to the premiere oh, of nice. Australia, um, okay. which was cool. So that was really nice. Um, but I, I did want to say... Go. Yeah, no, I did want to say, I think my top person that I would want to either open for would be Adele and Coldplay. That'd be my, like my two. I'm not as huge a Coldplay, but I love Adele. I think Adele, Adele, yeah. she's got like some career and didn't go to her head and she's super cool. You know Adele. She was the one who was real heavy who's now real skinny. Um, she's so fun. She's got a great 
catalog and i mean for someone to sell so many records when i think she's only released like two records or something uh two or three maybe like she to have so many you know huge hits um did you like any of the boy band like like well, i guess see, so, no no i'm not talking yeah. about that. let me finish like one direction is like because that's like too newer how about like the older ones like boy zone or um i i like listening to some boys to men i will say oh, boys to men um, is great yeah um and i also love an australian boy band who aren't so much around anymore but they're called justice crew i don't know if you guys ever heard about them oh, i'm gonna um, write it down because i love that shit. yeah yeah they were an australian boy band about ooh, maybe 10 years ago and they had some mega hits and they were up there competing with you know the likes of one direction they were like the australian one direction um they were a really really fun boy band uh also why don't we if you ever heard of why don't we um uh, they're an american boy band i think um uh, but they're not so much around as you don't hear about those much anymore but those what are some cool color, bands that i definitely listen to what color are your eyes so this is actually interesting a lot what of people say different things eyes? yeah yeah people say different things to me so i think that they're green, they're green. but some they're people green. say they're blue or some people say they're like i think they're green they photograph green reason i yeah. say that is if i Cover up from your nose down to your mouth. You look like my daughter Leslie. My daughter <laughs> Leslie has eyebrows and green eyes. Look at this. And she's beautiful. Doesn't that look like Leslie? Yeah, it could. You could be Leslie's brother, my son. I like that. My wife was Dutch, so that's where the blonde green eye came in. So I'm, another, I'm Italian. We have like we have four minutes left. Another thing I want to just ask about because we don't have the um, Eurovision Song Contest here. But that's like the biggest contest in Europe. And you were a judge on the junior. I didn't know there was a junior Eurovision. So what does that yeah. mean? Kids, did you ever enter it? Yeah. So uh, I was very close. I was going to go into the um, Australian Decides for Junior Eurovision. And then a performance came up. I, I think I went overseas to here, actually. And so I never got that opportunity. But instead, I was able to be on the judging panel. Uh, it was two, two under 18 teens and then the rest were adults and so i was one out of australia to do that uh and so yeah everyone is under the age of 18 pretty much that is on junior eurovision um and it was really really interesting because everyone's from europe and then it's australia so it was really really fun uh just to you know be on the other side of the table for once you know going through my career having done so many performances on the other side being judged i think it was a really good insight into I guess how people think and as a panel we deliberated and you know talked about the different performances and it was actually a lot of fun um mind you you know everyone else was quite older than me so they had some amazing experience and you know wisdom to share um but i gained so much out of it and yeah it was just just great to be on that side for once have you been on a reality like have you done like the voice or x factor or any of those shows have you been a contest contestant on any of them i haven't i haven't it's actually not been something i've ever hugely considered doing um you don't need to because people you're already, ask me you're already doing better than the people who win those anyway <laughs> and a lot of those thank shows you, they're, they're fixed they're fixed anyway yeah, yeah we have to say though when i was when i was younger uh as you guys are talking about the blind auditions how you like the blind auditions of the voice my sister and i we would uh pretend that we were the judges and have our chairs turned in the living room and we'd we'd turn our chair if we liked the singer you know fun stuff like that um but you know i've never been on the shows no so let's tell everybody so they can follow you on uh, Instagram. Your Instagram is Luke Harrison Official. Um, your website is Luke, 
HarrisonPerformer.com. You have a bunch of cool videos, YouTube videos you did of covers of other people's songs along with your own songs. Um, oh, it says Australia is adored in the Eurovision contest. Where is your family contest. from? England? Is your background English? Uh, no, I'm, well, my mom's from New Zealand and my dad's from Scotland, so I guess a little bit. Um, but I, I think probably I have a little bit of um, European as well in me, so kind of everywhere. And um, well, everyone in Australia came from somewhere. You know, Australia just was the native, the uh, what do you call it, people. But then all the English went there, so mostly people are English. That's why you speak English. Yeah, you, you, you I love your accent. Australia. I, I have a very good friend of mine who was a. Uh, a big model, very famous model in America. And he's from what I'm talking about, you know. Willie. Willie. And the nicest guy in the world. I mean, Australian people are really friendly and very nice people. I I, and we love Willie. Oh, wait. The, the other most famous Australian is Crocodile Dundee. Oh, of yeah. course. <laughs> he's not a singer, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so I'm, I'm, I'm not, not sure. So I'm not sure, but I think Jacqueline Bissett is from Australia. I think she's mm -hmm. Australian. Jacqueline okay. Bissett, the actress. I'm not sure. So, everybody, very famous listen actress. up, you guys. This is Luke Harrison. You're going to see a lot about him. Please uh, check out, watch his videos. You've got Make Me Better. It's on YouTube or go to iTunes or Spotify. Uh, download it and stream it. Also, uh, the new Last Christmas. They all want to know you're doing a video, but probably not, right? Because you don't have enough time to do a video. Christmas yeah, not this year, but I'm really excited to uh, get some more Christmas out next year for all of you. So that's something in the works that I'm really excited for, too. Perfect. So we want to thank you. Have a great trip while you're in California. We're out of time, but it's been a pleasure to meet you. Everybody, Luke Harrison. Yay! Thank and you so looking at your career. And if I read that you're in a drug bust, I'll find you and I'll beat the shit out of you. <laughs> that's a dad. <laughs> Hey man, I have an amazing team around me who are uh, who are you know protecting me from that side, and that's something. That say hi to Christian. Hey Christian, anyway, I know Christian's probably Merry around. Merry Christmas! So. All right, here, here. all right. Merry Christmas. Have fun while you're here and enjoy. Thank you Merry so much. Merry Christmas, bye. guys. Thank you so so much for having me. Nice Appreciate you guys. Oh, bye bye. Love to meet you as well. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. we got Robert Lasardo coming on next week. Big, big actor. going to be a lot of fun. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in. See ya. In the mix, yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest news that you was up to the celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Come and watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Russell.